Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. This morning, go with me to Mark chapter four. Mark chapter four, if you have a Bible, you can go there and hold your place. And we're gonna use that uh, as a springboard this morning into uh, what we're talking about. Uh, If you haven't been with us, I kind of already talked about this a little bit, but if you haven't been with us, uh, we've been in a series for the last number of weeks. This is week number three uh, that we are calling The Gathering Place, The Gathering Place. And uh, the the heart of this series, we've been talking about the church. Uh, what, What is the church? Why does the church exist? but not only the church. Uh, We've been talking about why do we gather together? Why do we come together on a Sunday morning corporately like this or in a small group in a home? What is the the significance or what's the importance of our gathering? And I do not have time today to recap the entire series, but here's here's what I'll tell you. Uh, I would highly encourage you, if you haven't been here or maybe you've missed a couple weeks, I'd highly encourage you to go and to get the podcast in particular from week number one because Pastor Gil did such an amazing job preaching that week about what the church is. And uh, I I love the title of the sermon because he titled the sermon, Who, Not What. And he talked about how the church is not a what. The church is not a building. The church is not an address. Church is not a movie theater for spiritual purposes that we go to where we just sing songs and listen to sermons and we sit in rows and hopefully they have a coffee bar and maybe even some good popcorn and we get in there, we do our thing and then we go home and that's not church. But rather church is a people. Church is all those who have been called by God, called out of this world, born again into new life and who God has gathered together for a purpose. We see in the New Testament, and I said I wouldn't recap, but I'm gonna recap for a second. We, we see in the New Testament that the, the Bible gives four identifying factors for the church. That the church, which by the way, is you and I right here, that the church, number one, is his body. The Bible says Jesus is the head and we are the body of Christ, that we are in him as he, he, in, he is in us, that he is the head and we are his body. And every single member has significance. Every single person that is a part of the body of Christ has significance, that every single member has its share, has its part to play. And it's only when the body fully comes together that the full picture and the full image of who Jesus is, is seen. It is significant that we go, I'm a part of the body. And because I'm a part of the body, I actually have a part to play. And it's significant that I not only do my share, but that I'm joined together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. There is the global church, which is every single person who has been called out of this world and into new life. And then there is the local church. God gathers believers together into local communities. He calls them to plant their heart and plant their feet and plant their life that they might in local communities join together arm in arm and be the body of Christ. Secondly, the Bible says that not only is the church the the body of Christ, but the church is the temple of God. Like in the Old Testament, there was a temple where God would dwell and he would rest upon. But now in the New Testament, we are his temple. Not only individually, but corporately, that as the people of God, we are the carriers of God's presence on the earth. Thirdly, the, the New Testament helps us to see that we are now God's chosen covenant people. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, The Prince of Egypt. But like in the Prince of Egypt or in the Old Testament, the children of Israel, they were God's chosen people through whom he displayed his glory on the earth. Today, it is not, it's not about race or nationality, but all who have put their faith in Jesus have been brought into this family. And now not just Israel, but we as the church, we are the chosen covenant people of God through whom he desires to display his glory on the earth. And lastly, we are the instruments of God. I, I heard a pastor a long time ago preach this message, no one else is coming. And, and, and I love that thought, no one else is coming because what he, was, what he was preaching or what he was teaching towards is the reality that we are right here. We are the hope of the world that is around us. That, that, that Jesus, he, he will return again, but, but before he does, he's chosen to use us as his instruments to take the good news 
of the gospel, to take the love and the life of Jesus to everyone, everywhere. No one else is coming, it's us. We are the instrument, the chosen vessel of God to be used by God to reach people, to stand, to, to, to stand in the gap, to pray, to intercede, and to advance God's kingdom on the earth. It's us. And we talked about in week one how, how we are the church. The church is not a what, the church is a who. We are the body of Christ. We are the temple, the resting place of God's presence. We are the instrument God has chosen and his chosen covenant people. Can I get an amen? And, and last week we kind of shifted and we, we began talking about why gathering matters. So like, why is it significant that we actually gather together on, on a Sunday morning like this? Why, why do we gather to, 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 together in small groups? Why, why is there significance in this? And um, we, we talked about last week how when we gather together, we gather together for the purpose of worshiping God corporately. We, we, we gather together for the purpose of as, as a whole, as one, lifting our hearts and our hands and our voices unto God and worshiping him giving him the glory, the honor that is due his name. How, how when we gather, not only do we worship God, but also we minister or we serve one another. That one of the primary reasons for our gathering is not just to worship, but it is to be in community and serve or minister one to uh, uh, another. We, we talked about this last week, but, but, but one of the shifts that we have to make is that um, for for so, so many of us, our, our focus when it comes to church is church has become a place where I go to be filled, to be served, and to connect with God. We, we, for, for, for so many people, the, the whole idea of church has become about me, myself, and I. I go to church so I can get filled. I go to church so I can be served and I go to church so I can connect with God. But we looked in the scripture and we're gonna talk about it some more today, how, how no, the Bible says we, we have to flip that. That every time we gather together, we should be filled. We should feel like we've been served and our needs have been met and we should experience and encounter the presence and power of God. However, the Bible teaches us that self is not the primary focus. We read this last week, but the book of Hebrews says this, when we gather together, we should be thinking about and considering one another. That really the motivation of our gathering is not, how can I get filled? How can I be served? How can I connect with God? But rather it is saying, God, today I'm gathered together and, and, and my desire is that my life would be poured out that another may be filled. God, today I'm coming to use what you've given me and to, and, and to serve my brothers and sisters that another may have their needs met. God, I'm coming today fully present to be a part of your body because I have a significant part and I'm fully engaged in every way to cultivate and create an atmosphere where every single person who is in this place can encounter the presence and the power of God. We, 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 we quoted a man named John Hall who, who, who says this, that, that when everybody comes to serve, everybody has their needs met. When everybody comes to serve, everybody has their needs met. However, the issue is that so very few actually come to serve. And when everybody comes to be served, very few leave having their needs met. This is not who God's called us to be. God has called us to be a community. God has called us to be a family of people that when we come together, our focus is not self but it is, it is another. Now, here, here's why I did so much recap. Because last week, someone say last week. Last week, guys, I, I titled the sermon, or we as a teaching team titled the sermon, uh, Why Gatherings Matter. And I said that if you were taking notes, you could put part one next to it. Because last week, that's what we talked about. And if you weren't here, I'd encourage you to get the podcast and go back and listen. And you can fill in all the gaps. But, but we talked about how th this is the what. This is, this is what we should be uh, considering. This is what the Bible says as far as how we gather together and why gatherings matter. But this week, someone say this week. This week, this week we, we said that we were going to do part two and we were going to talk about very practically how do we do that. So, so to, 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 today my goal is that I want to give you very, very practical steps and thoughts for us to take this revelation of, okay, God, I'm coming not just to be served and be filled, but I'm coming to serve, to be poured out, 
to be present and play my role so that others can encounter and experience the presence of God. I want to talk today about how do we in a very practical way do that. I ask you to open up with me today to Mark chapter 4. If you have your Bible, you can go there. Uh, I'm reading out of the New King James Version, and uh, I'm, I'm reading verses 26 through 32, I believe it is, reading from the New King James Version, Mark chapter 4. These are the words of Jesus, and it says this, And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and he should sleep by night, and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Then he said, to to what else shall I liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall I picture it? In other words, Jesus is going, how can I describe to you how God's kingdom works that, that, that will make sense to you and cause us to sink in? And he says, well, it, it's like this. It, it's, uh, it's like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Uh, again, if you're taking notes, you can write down the title of the sermon today. Uh, the, the title for the sermon across all of our campuses is Gathering with Intentionality. Gathering with Intentionality. But, but uh, again, if you're taking notes, you can write down uh, Why Gathering Matters Part 2. If that helps you to know this is Part 2 to what we talked about last week. Um, in, in the culture that we live in, there, there's a couple of things that, that, that I think that we, we miss at times. Well, let's be honest, there's probably a lot of things that we miss and a lot of things that God needs to shift and shape our, our, our perspective uh, because we live in a culture that primarily is not a godly culture. And that's why we need God to keep transforming our mind. Can I get an amen? But well, one of the things that, that I think we, we miss in, in our culture today is the significance of, of how small things can make a big impact and, and how, how consistency can make a significant difference. I mean, we live in a culture where uh, we are oohed and awed and wowed by big things, by great things, by uh, big acts and big contributions and things that, wow, that, that's incredible. And, 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 and because of that, we can often minimize and forget the power of, of the small things. We, we live in a culture where everything is, is so fast. Uh, anybody besides for me, can you, can you remember when, uh, when, when you were getting on the internet and, and you would log on to whatever website and you would go make a sandwich, mow the grass and come back and still have to wait two minutes for it to fully load? You remember this? And, and now we live in a culture where I'm sitting on my phone trying to refresh my email. And if it takes longer than five seconds, I, I'm, I'm starting to get angry and frustrated and wonder why God is not here right now. Be, because everything is, it, it's so quick and immediate. And, and because we live in this culture where we were oohed and awed and wowed by these big, extravagant, incredible things, and, and everything is so fast, we forget that actually small things can make a big difference consistency can have significant impact. Last week, it was interesting to me. I really hadn't thought about this, but I had a number of conversations last week after the sermon and had a number of people say, man, I really appreciated what you talked about. And one person in particular said, I was really impacted by what you talked about. I never really thought about church. I never thought about God outside of just me, myself, and I. I never even considered that when I come to church, it's about more than just me. He said, here's the problem though. He said, I don't really know how to apply what we talked about because I'm just not really that spiritual. If I'm being honest, I just, I don't feel like I really have a lot to give. If, if I'm just being honest with you, I'm, I'm sitting there listening and my wife keeps on nudging me. And, um, and I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't know if there's really a lot that I can actually contribute because I don't feel like I'm, like I'm that far along. And, and, and what I immediately thought about is Mark chapter four, where Jesus says, don't you know that the kingdom of God it's like a man that goes out and he, he just scatters seed. Jesus, how, how does your kingdom work? Well, it's, it's like a man goes out with seed in his hand 
and he scatters seed. Then he sleeps by night. He rises by day. He sleeps by night. He rises by day. And, and the earth... The earth yields increase or the, the earth brings harvest. He himself doesn't know how. The, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 7, Paul writes and Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So, so even Paul, who's one of the primary leaders and planters of churches in the New Testament, one of the primary writers that we have in the New Testament, even Paul goes, guys, this is not me. No, don't you know that I planted, Apollos came behind me and watered, but God gave the increase. Verse seven, he says, so then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. What Jesus is helping us to see in Mark chapter four is that, well, no, my, my, my kingdom is not like this big thing where we're all of a sudden immediate thing. He says, no, my kingdom is more like a man who goes out and takes seed and scatters the seed, and God brings increase to it. He, he, he goes a step farther, and he says, uh, this may help you. He says, it's kind of like a mustard seed, where when you're looking at it, it seems so small, and it seems so insignificant. It's, it seems so tiny and so, like, what's this going to do? Yet when it's planted, it grows up, and it produces something that's large. It produces something that's great. It produces something that is so much larger and greater and has so much more significance than what the little seed looked like. See, I, I think you, you and I have to realize that, that small things do make a big difference. That small things do and can make a big difference, make a world of difference. That consistency, one of my favorite quotes, you've heard me say before, a man named Dr. David Shibley, he says this, that consistency, I love this, eventually works exponentially. It's not just consistency, but it's consistency over time. That consistency eventually works exponentially. See, we need to see that small things can make a big difference. And and consistency can actually, over time, have significant impact. Why, why are we talking about this? Because I believe that when it comes to some of the practical things, that if you and I can get a revelation, first of all, God, that church is not about me. If, if you and I can get a revelation that, God, the primary focus of, of my heart when I come into the gathering place should be, how can I be poured out that another may be filled? How, how today can, can I serve that another may have their needs met? God, how today can I participate and, and, and play my role so that we can encounter and experience the power? If we can get that revelation and then we combine it with a revelation from Mark chapter four that honestly, it's not like this big thing. It's the small things. It's the small things that we think are not significant. It's the small things that we really don't think are a big deal. And it's the consistency that can have an exponential result if we will trust God. Someone said amen. And so here's what I'm gonna do. I wanna give you four very practical things. And I promise you, they're gonna be so practical. And then what I'm gonna do is I wanna give you next steps. And so we're gonna do a point and then I'm gonna give you next steps. And here's why I'm giving you next steps. Please don't be limited by the next steps, but here's why I'm giving them. Because I wanna to speak to anyone in here this morning that maybe would fall in the category of my friend last week who spoke to me and said, you know what? I just don't feel like I have a lot to give. See, because the, 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 the deception is, well, if I don't just like go all in and do everything all at once, then I guess, no, 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 no. What, what I want, want to, to challenge you with today is what is your next step? Don't worry about my next step. Don't worry about your neighbor's next step. What is your next step? What is the thing that God is speaking and challenging you to take a next step, another step in the progression and the journey that you are on with God right now to come into agreement and fully engage with the word that God has for our church. And that is we're gonna be a people that have a heart for God's house and hands for the harvest. Let me give you four steps today. Very practical. Number one, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Is simply this, number one, make church a priority. Make church 
a priority. I want to read this to you directly from my notes. But we, we should live with a mentality that says, I'm going to do whatever I have to do in order to be in God's house. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to prioritize and organize my schedule and my weekend and my life and my social calendar to be in God's house. Not only am I, am I going to choose to be in God's house, but because God's house has priority, I'm going to also encourage those in my friend group in my circle of influence to make church their priority and invite them to come and to sit with me. Because church has such a priority in my heart and it's not just attendance, it's not just just religion, but because I understand the significance of why gatherings matter, I'm, I'm gonna be in church. But not only am I going to be in church, I'm going to encourage my, my, my group of friends and my circle. Hey, come and sit with me. Hey, come on. We, we can do brunch afterwards. The game can wait. We'll get highlights. Come, let's go and let's be in the house of God. And a step further, I'm even going to invite someone. I'm going to take the invite cards that are out there and I'm going to go a step further. And I'm going to say, God, is there anyone in my neighborhood, anyone in my class, anyone that I'm going to see this week that I can invite, that I can simply plant a seed that God will bring harvest and God will, will, will bring increase to. I want to ask you to use your imagination for a second. And I want you to imagine this, that if, if we as a whole said, God, your house is a priority. If we as a whole said, God, in my calendar, in my life, not because it's religious or legalistic, but because I have a revelation of, of the significance of our gathering. If we were to all say, God, your house is a priority. And so I'm going to be there and I'm going I'm to use my phone for more than scrolling Facebook. I'm going to start inviting people, encouraging people. Hey, man, missed you last week. Why don't you come sit with me? I'm, I'm going to stir up my circle of, of influence, my, 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 my friend group. I'm going to start inviting people. Imagine this, the result would be that we would have weekly gatherings that are full, not just of people, but of the presence and power of God. Remember, go back last week, we talked about last week how when in the Old Testament, when all of God's people with one voice lifted up their hearts and began to worship God, that the presence of God came in such a way that was so significant that everybody was left simply standing in awe. There, there is power spiritually in us worshiping and coming together corporately as a, as a whole. See, the, the result would be weekly gatherings that are full, not just of people, but of the presence of God, where they feel connected. Why? Because we've been talking and texting all week long about, about what God just might do in his house this week. Weekly gatherings that feel connected. They feel like, like family Weekly gatherings uh, where, where, where there's continual growth because we're consistently planting seed and allowing God to water it and bring the increase. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25, we read this last week, and let us consider not self, but one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. All right, here are some, some next steps for you to consider. Um, increase your church attendance by one Sunday per month. Now, I, now I, I could say you gotta be here every single week. And, and, and that would be the biblical principle. But again, we're, we're just realizing that small things, small changes, small steps in my life can make a big difference, not just in my heart, but in our church. So, so what if I just said, okay, right now I come like, like once every eight weeks. Okay, well, like maybe, maybe I'll start coming like once a month instead. Um, you know, I'm here like, I don't know, like maybe every other week. Okay, what if I just came three, like three, three weeks now? And what if I just took, took a next step saying, God, I, I want to, in, in an increased way, begin to prioritize, not, not church attendance, prioritize the gathering together of my brothers and sisters because it, it's significant. What if I begin to make one phone call or send one text per week simply to encourage someone in my circle to come to join me and to sit with me? What, what if I grabbed an invite card and I handed out one invite card each week? Friend, 
neighbor, someone in Walmart, the person doing your hair, just God, I'm, I'm, you said your kingdom is like a farm and, and that simply I take seed and I scatter it. And as I scatter seed, God, you are the one who brings the harvest. Again, remember I said, don't be limited, but, but we're asking the question today, God, if we're going to live this out and apply this to our life, if we're going to say, no, gatherings matter. And they matter because it's where God's people come together and worship corporately and minister and serve one another and encounter and experience the presence of God and come into agreement. We have to live it out. What, what, what does the Bible say? Um, be doers of the word, not hearers only, so deceiving yourself. Jesus said, blessed is he not who hears, but blessed is he who, who does, who applies the word. So what if we just begin to take whatever our next step is and said, God, I want to prioritize your house. Number two, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Come full and ready to pour out. Come full and ready to pour out. The Bible says this in Romans chapter one, verse 15, the apostle Paul is writing and he says, as much as is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. In other words, what does Paul write? He, he goes, as much as is in me, I'm ready to pour it out. We, we, we all know this just realistically, but um, you, you can only pour out to the degree that you've been filled up. So we'll just, we'll just go backwards, lots of connecting dots. I apologize if it's your first time. Uh, we'd invite you to go get the podcast and go to the YouTube channel. But remember, we, we have, we're in this series, The Secret Place. Why does the secret place matter? Because the secret place is where I go to be filled by Jesus. The, seek, the gathering place, while I may experience a filling here, the primary place of filling is the secret place where I meet alone with Jesus, say, Jesus, today, I need you to fill my cup up so my cup can be poured out. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. It says, the generous soul will be made rich. He's not just talking about money. He's not just talking about finances. He, he's talking about a spirit, a heart, a perspective that says life is not about me. Life is about how I can, can serve and be a blessing. What did Jesus say? It's more blessed to give. It's more blessed to serve than it is to even receive. The generous soul will be made rich. And listen to this. And he who waters will also be, uh, himself be watered. The generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. So, so what if we came on Sundays and, and, and again, we, we can over-spiritualize this and say, okay, I gotta be full and ready to pour out. So I need to get it about four hours earlier and I need to spend two hours at least weeping before the Lord at the foot of my bed. I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to minimize th th those kinds of things. And maybe, th maybe that, that's how God would lead you. But maybe God would lead you like this. Hey, you know what we can do? When we pull in the parking lot. We've been listening to our kids be very much kids in the back seat for 20 minutes on the way here. We can take a deep breath. And I can grab the hand of my spouse. And I can say, let's pray together for 30 seconds. God, today we're about to walk into your house to be with your people, our people, our family. So God, today, would you give us eyes to see any opportunity you would have for us to love somebody, serve somebody, encourage someone. God, give us eyes and ears today to be sensitive to how you might wanna use us, amen. And in 30 seconds, you can reposture your heart. In 30 seconds, you can stop and take a deep breath and just remind yourself, today I will be filled, I will be served, I will encounter the presence and power of God. But today, that is not the primary motivation. Today, God, I'm, I'm here because I'm gonna gather with your people, with, with, with my family. And God, today I wanna consider one another that, that I might stir or encourage someone up today to, to, to know you more, to love you more, to be more of who you are want them or you've called and created them. to See, it, it's not overcomplicated. It's things like taking 30 seconds to reposture your heart and say, God, today, before we go from the chaos of our minivan into your house, 
let us take a second and just pray. I mean, how, how, I don't know about you, but so much of my, my, my life and so much of my perspective, it, it's not things that, that I was taught. It's things that I just caught because of the house that, that I grew up in. Think about this. How significant would it be for your children if, if they knew, hey, no, no, the priority, we're going to church. And, and what if they heard and they saw their mom and dad in the minivan for 30 seconds every week before church, just saying, God, today use us. What, what, what kind of impact could that have when, when, when they go to school? What kind of impact could they ha- that have in just the, the perspective that God is forming and shaping them to say, I want to be used by God to bless and serve people. So some really practical next steps, pray. Ask God to freshly fill you and open your eyes to see every opportunity. Here's a thought. Introduce yourself to one person you've never met. Like one of the things that we, we very much, we underemphasize, or, and I don't mean in this church, just in general, is the power and the gift of relationship and friendship. Oh, there is much spiritual significance and power in just being a good friend in just being a good neighbor, in just being one that, that helps other people to know that they are seen, they are noticed, they are valued, they have significance. How impactful could it be? We don't know, but I would say it could be greatly impactful for, for you to take time just to meet new people, just to help someone know you're seen today, you're noticed today, you have value today. Maybe, maybe say, God, I'm gonna encourage one person each week I got a little checklist in my pocket and I'm going to encourage one person, whether it's a compliment. Hey, I love your shoes. Like you do realize that's why we wear nice stuff, right? Because we want people to notice. If you didn't care if anybody noticed, you, you'd be wearing sweats and, and, and some, some Birkenstocks. Let's be honest. But, but encourage one person with a compliment, maybe a scripture, or maybe something that God lays on your heart, maybe a, a word from God. Just Next steps. Number three, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, but make availability your greatest ability. Did did you know that no matter how great your ability is, it cannot be used by God if you're not available? Like one of, it's, it's debatable, but one of the greatest, possibly the greatest basketball player of all time, LeBron James, Sitting out this past week with, with an injury, supposedly. I think he got the scoring record. Now he's take, taking a break. Um, but he, he's sitting on the bench. And how, how many of you know, you could have the greatest player of all time sitting on your bench. But as long as they're sitting on the bench, the, the, they're not adding value to what's happening on the court. You could have the, the greatest God-given gifts and abilities that God has put on the inside of you. By the way, you, you do. Every one of us, you, you're holding something. There's something in you that God has put in you. You could be holding the greatest gift that people need, but if you're not available, God can't use it. I love this scripture in 1 Samuel 14, verse six. It says, then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison of the uncircumcised. I love this phrase. It may be, it may be. It may be that the Lord will work for us for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. I love this scripture because I love Jonathan's attitude. Hey, I don't know, man. It might be that God's gonna use us today. It may be that God wants to put his hand on what we're about to, it may be that God wants to use me this Sunday morning. I'd rather sleep in, I'd I'd rather not go, but you know what? I'm going to get up and go to church. And I'm, I'm going to be there early because it may be today that there's a divine appointment that God has for me where someone who their head is low and their arms are hanging, where they need, they need what, what's in me to lift their head up and, and, and help them raise their arms again so they can find hope for you never know what God may want, but you have to be available. We, we said this last week, I, I think in second service. And by the way, I get to church on time and I'm right here in the front row. And so I don't, I don't see, okay? So there's, I'm not throwing rocks today, but we, we had someone from our guest experience team uh, a couple weeks ago, just like 
because they're observant, not because we didn't tell them to do this. It wasn't an assignment. Uh, don't get weird and start sending us emails. Uh, they just, they, they were observant. They're like, man, I serve all the time. And, and I noticed that people are always late to church. And so they took it upon themselves because they were observant to count. And in one of our services, um, <clears throat> last week I was trying to be sneaky in the second service. I'm like, in one of our services, I won't tell you which one. But between 11.05, and I kind of kind of gave it away. Uh, but it, it, was, it was in our 11 a.m. service. But let me just say, it's the same in this service as well. That between the five-minute marker and the 20-minute marker, they counted over 60 people who, who were late. Now, like, I'm, I'm not throwing rocks because, trust me, with four small children, there are times that it is the grace of God that we even show up somewhere because disaster has happened in the form of some, something spilled or some, some, someone's crying or someone's laying on the floor and we are dragging them and disciplining them. Life happens. But, but, but let's call it what it is. There's a pattern in our church. And there just is. And I'm, I'm not throwing rocks. I'm just saying it, it is what it is. And part of the reason why we open up the scripture is to grow. Part of the reason why we, why we open up the scripture and say, God, speak to us is because we, we're continually saying, God, we want to take steps forward. But it, it's just a pattern in our church and, and for many churches that we, we're kind of real casual about when we come to church. We got schedules, we, 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 got, we, we, we got things to do, and, and this, is, this is my day to sleep in. And so we, we're casual about when, when we come. And there's a lot of people, I'm not saying it's you. And by the way, if, if it is you, then, then today I bet you won't do it because you're going to be self-conscious. And I apologize for that if I'm ruining your plans. But there's people that's like, hey, church ends, and you would think that you're trying out for the Olympics how fast you try to get back to your car. And, and I'm, I'm not throwing rocks. I'm just saying it's really hard to be used by God when you're not available. It's really hard to be used by God when you just, I'm just, I'm just not here. I'm, 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 just, I'm, I'm just not present. And, and it's not just our church attendance, but it's saying, no, like if, if God's going to use me, if God's going to going to be able to, 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 to use me to encourage someone or to, to, to pray with someone, or even, even just to greet someone. Like, I got to be here before church starts and I got to be willing to linger in, until I have a sense that God is done ministering to me and ministering through me. J just some, some practical next steps. And I know you're going to love me for this. I know it. But, but just some practical next steps. Uh, if, you, if you're consistently late, just start getting to church on time. If, if you're like, honestly, bro, like we, like the last song of worship is my favorite song because it's the only song I ever hear. I'd encourage you. Hey, hey, hey you know what we can do? Like we're not, just small things make a big difference. Consistency can, can, can really have an impact. So let's just say, let's just start trying to get there on time. Um, if, if you're like a right on time person, aim for five minutes early. You know what? We, 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 can, we can stretch and get there just a little bit early so that we can be a little more available to meet someone, to talk to someone, to, to maybe get a sense of what, what the Lord is doing, what the Lord's saying. If you arrive a few minutes early, maybe aim for 15 minutes. God, I, I can get there at 8.45. I can get there 15 minutes early and just be present and available to meet new people, to greet people, to, to pray for what God, just being available. And then this one applies to everybody, but, but plan to stay. <coughs> Plan to stay until ministry is done. Plan to stay until God's done ministering to you and God's done ministering through you. Do you know so much of what God wants to do doesn't happen in our regularly programmed schedule? So much of what God wants to do often can just kind of catch us by surprise. It, it can be the five minutes that we linger because I don't know, just God, I, I can't even my finger on God was just stirring me today in church. And so when, when, when they dismiss, I just lingered for an extra five minutes not to be prayed for, not to, you know, sing, maybe even just to sit and say, God, God, what is it you're saying to me? God often meets us in, in the lingering. <clears throat> and so staying, planning to stay until ministry's done and ministry's done happening too, but, it, but it's through you too. Don't just run to your car before you say, God, is there anyone today before I leave? that I can just be aware of, be, be, be cognizant of. I was talking to someone last week. It's funny, I said that I was gonna preach a really short sermon and that's not happening. Um, 
But, but I was talking to someone last week and, and they said, you know, you know what's crazy, Brandon? By the way, they're a newer person to our church. They don't have a, 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 a super great or a deep spiritual background. But they said, you know, you were talking about that. And while you were talking about just being aware, I just start looking around the room. And it's like this person was just like highlighted. I, 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 I don't talk to that person. So I, I took a big step and I went and talked to him after service. And actually they were, and he began to list all the things this person came, came in with. He said it was so cool because I got to like walk with them to the altar and, and, and pray with them and agree with them. And what, what, that's availability. All it is is saying, God, I want to be more aware of what you may want to be doing through me and, and how, how I can be used by you. Let's make availability our greatest ability. God, God, the thing that, 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 that I bring most to you is I just bring my availability. I'm here. I got gifts and I got things that, sure, they're, they're, they're great. They're fine. But my greatest ability, God, is just me being available to you and to the people that you've, you've called me to be in community with. Number four, last one, we end right here. But be the example. Be the example. The Bible says this in 1 Timothy Chapter four, verse 12, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Paul is writing to a young preacher, a young pastor named Timothy. And he says, Timothy, don't let anyone despise your youth. Now, rhetorical question, does Timothy or for, for, for that sake, do you and I have any control of what other people think or say? That's a big no. So he's not saying, Timothy, I, I need you to go out and I need you to start letting people know. No more. Well, you just, it's not what he's saying. He's saying, Timothy, there's something in you that, that you, you're discounting and shortchanging yourself because you're young. Can I ask you a question? What is it in you that, that you allow the enemy to cause to, 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 to be the starting point for, for why you discount and you shortchange yourself? Because we all do it. We, we, we all, to some degree or another, discount and shortchange the significance of the impact that, that God can have through our life. He goes, Timothy, don't, don't let anyone despise you. T Timothy, you don't let the fact that you're young stop you from leading by example. Can I just say, whatever that thing is in you, you don't let that stop you from, from believing and from knowing that God can use me in a significant way. And part of how we gather with intentionality, part, part of how we gather thinking not just about self, but thinking is saying, God, when I come, I want to fully engage in the gathering place. And I want to lead my brothers and sisters by example. I've, I've been a youth pastor for almost 15 years. And, and one of the things that I've heard for almost 15 years is adults, people like you and I, man, I just love it when, when, when I get to see the kids or youth engage in worship. It, it's just, it, it's so challenging. It just, it's such an example to me. And I've thought for 15 years, why? Why? Why, why have we become spectators of kids and youth who with reckless abandon engage in the things of God? Why have we been inspired and motivated at best by kids and youth? And why, why don't we say, no, no, I, I, I want to take their lead and I, I want to be the example too. In the same way that I can sit in a service and go, wow, I'm, I'm so challenged by the way those kids are just worshiping and engaging. Why can't we take that principle and say, actually, God, my full engagement in church, in the house of God and the things of God, actually in the same way can challenge and encourage and inspire those around me to lean in. We could shift the atmosphere of our weekly gatherings. If we all just said, you know, I'm the example. I'm no longer will, will, will I just be a thermometer. I'm going to be a thermostat. I'm not just reading their minds. It's kind of, it's kind of, kind of weak today. Kind of sleepy today. No, no, no. I'm not, a, I'm not just a thermometer. I'm a thermostat. 
God, you've called me to this house. I'm a part of your body. I'm a part of this place. And so when I come, I take the thermostat and I set it where it needs to be by leading by example. Just some next steps to, to consider. Um, number one, sit forward. I love in our services how much room we make for the Holy Spirit in the front of, of our sanctuary. But can I tell you, he doesn't need a seat. And, and so I'd encourage you to sit forward. doesn't mean you got to come sit, sit on the front row, but, but, but let, consider saying, I, I can sit more forward and I can help fill the room from the front to the back. Uh, engage in worship. Don't just engage, you know, hands in pocket in, in, internally, but say, God, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to allow the worship leaders to, to lead me actually. They're, they're, they're leading and I'm going to allow them to lead me and fully engage. Uh, bring a Bible, take notes. Like just like, it's a small step, but I'm telling you, it's a big step. Say, I'm going to go buy a Bible. I'm going to bring my Bible and I'm going to take notes and engage in, in, in the teaching and the ministry of God's word. And lastly, receive ministry. You know what that means? Uh, when you have a need, come to the altar. H have you ever considered that you, you, you may be sitting by someone each week during service who, not that we're like ranking them, but, but has like a great need in, in comparison to you just having a little bit of a scratchy throat? That's not really, it's not, it's, scratchy throat's not really a big deal and they have this, this big need. But, but they're so discouraged and they feel so heavy and, 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 and the enemy has them so tangled up on the inside that they don't have the courage. They don't have the faith, the, 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 the boldness to get out of their seat and to go receive prayer from someone on our prayer team. But it's what they desperately need. You ever considered just being the example, going, you know what? I kind of got a scratchy throat. Some Dayquil, Nyquil, throat coat tea. Like, I'll probably take care of it. But I'm here. Why don't I just step out and say, hey, I, yeah. um, would, you just pray, would you pray for my throat? I got a scratchy throat and I got to do a lot of talking. Would you just, you ever considered that you just being the example, that you might actually give some, some courage and some boldness to the person next to you? If they can do it, I can do it. See, we, we, we minimize the power of our influence. We minimize the significance of the fact that God has called you to be a part of this house. He's given you something. He's put something in you. He's put something on you. And you are a leader in your own right. I fully believe, while not everybody may stand on this platform, that everybody who's called to our church has influence and everybody who's called to our church has been called by God to use their influence to lead the people around them. Paul goes, Timothy, stop being in your head about the fact that you're young. Get over it. God's called you. Start being the example and leading from the front because the church need you. Can I just say, we need you. We need your example. We need your leadership. We, we need your whole heart to, to, to be fully engaged so that when we gather together, we're creating a space and a place where people who are far from God, where people who are lonely and people who are hurting and people who need the, the good news, the love and the life of Jesus, that they walk in this place and they encounter God in a real way. They leave being filled up and encouraged, not just because of a sermon or because of a song, but because of a conversation they had with you in the parking lot, because of a compliment that you gave them. That there was just something about getting a compliment on, on this day that it, that it lifted their spirit again because they felt lonely and they felt like no one saw them and you took the initiative to get outside of yourself. You were here a little bit early and just to go say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Bob. Hey, I'm actually, this is actually like my second time at church. I'm kind of new, but I just want to say it's, it's good to see you today. All the, the impact and the way that we could shift the entire culture of our church. If we remember that Jesus said, you know what my kingdom is like? It's like a man that just plants seed. He just, it, it doesn't seem big. It doesn't seem significant, but I'm going to keep on planting seed. 
I'm, I'm just going to keep on just doing the small things with consistency because small things can make a big difference and consistency can have incredible impact. And I'm going to trust that as I do, God's going to come behind me like he promised he would and God will bring the increase. I, I don't say this to, to bring any attention to, to myself. I just say it as a reality. I can't tell you how many times I, I've gotten text messages or emails or phone calls from people to say, man, I'm like, you'll never know how much this meant to me. And if I'm being honest, a lot of them, I'm like, I don't remember even having that conversation. I, I have no recollection, but it's a reminder to me even things that I don't think are a big deal. Oh, how God can use them in a big way. Things that God prompts me to say or to do just in passing. I have no idea that as I continue to move in, in my passing, how something was deposited, that, 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 that it's left someone changed, that, that it's an opportunity for, we have to remember it's the small things and it's the consistent things that God will use in our church to change who we are, to change the culture of this house, to, to cause our weekly gatherings to be filled with the presence and the power of God in such a way that God draws many to come and be fed and nourished and experience the love and life of Jesus. So here is the big question, then I'm, I'm done. What are your next steps? I'll say it again. Don't, don't, don't worry about my next steps. Don't worry about your neighbor's next steps. What are your next steps? Wherever you are in relationship with God, wherever you are in, in, in your journey, what are your next steps to come into agreement with this word? That God, we will be a people this year that more so than ever before, have a heart for your house and hands for the harvest. God, I want my heart to be for your house for your people, for your body, and my hands to be for the harvest, to reach those who are far. What are your next steps? God, I pray today in the name of Jesus that whatever the next steps are that, you, that you, you're showing us, in each of these areas, whatever our next steps are, I pray that Holy Spirit, you, you, you would illuminate them. You would make them clear that they'd resound within us today, that we, we wouldn't be able to leave here. Wouldn't be able to put our head on the pillow tonight without just knowing that we know that we know the things that God is asking us personally and practically to do. And I pray that as we all begin to do our part, as we all begin to just do the small things with consistency, that God, you would come behind us and you would bring such a great harvest to it that we would know that we would know that we would know that was a God. only God could have done that. That we'd be so full of faith and excitement knowing that God, I planted seed, I watered seed and you came behind me and you brought a great harvest and a great increase that had impact in your kingdom and impact in the lives of people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.